So how many, I'm curious, how many of you were here last week and heard Kate preach? A bunch of you, that's great. Okay, so you may remember this. And for those of you who weren't, this is really good for you to hear because she started that sermon in a really brilliant way, I thought. She said, our theme for the month of November is covenant. And then she went on. I don't know about you, but for me, covenant is not a word that excites It's not a sparkly word. It's not a word that gets the adrenaline pumping. Too bad, though, she said, because it's so important. And I would add, too bad, though, because it's at the heart of our non-creedal faith, this idea of covenant. And yet, covenant, the word, still feels clunky and a little bit abstract. It's not a part of everyday conversation so much. It's not like you would walk to the Dunbros over here on Hennepin and while you were ordering, saying, hey, you know, I'd like a pumpkin spice latte, and by the way, how are the covenants in your life going? (laughs) They might look at you like, huh? Do you need another shot of caffeine in there? Like, what's up with you? And even with your partner or really close friends, those who do that intimate, sort of vulnerable sharing with, I think it's unlikely you'd say to your partner at least, hey honey, how about some covenant talk tonight? (laughs) But who knows? Maybe that gets your adrenaline pumping. I don't know. So here's how I want to kind of get at this, all humor aside. Uh, Poetry really helped us when we were looking at the theme of faith in September and prayer in October. Poetry provided a doorway into deeper understanding of those themes, and I think that it can do the same thing with covenant. So I want to turn to a Minnesota treasure, Robert Bly, and share his poem with you. It's called The Third Body. This is in your order of service, so you can read along with me if you want, or just listen to it and then have it as reference. But it's a poem called The Third Body. And he writes, A man and a woman sit near each other, And they do not long at this moment to be older or younger, nor born in any other nation or time or place. They are content to be where they are, talking or not talking. Their breaths together feed someone whom we do not know. The man sees the way his fingers move He sees her hands close around a book that she hands to him. They obey a third body they have in common. They have made a promise to love that body. Age may come, parting may come, death will come. A man and a woman sit near each other. As they breathe, they feed someone we do not know. Someone we know of, whom we have never seen. Maybe it still feels a little bit abstract, but I invite you to return to these lines. Their breaths together feed someone whom we do not know. The man and the woman obey a third body they have in common. They have made a promise to love that body. They have made a promise to love that body. Have you ever experienced this with a best friend or a partner or a lover? I suspect whether or not you've said it explicitly or made it explicit, 
you have been in a relationship where you were committed to loving the larger body of that relationship. Your individual needs mattered, yes, of course, and they're important. But the overall needs of the relationship, the health of that third body, mattered more. Have you been there? You can nod or shake. Just help me out here. You've been there. You've been there. In Robert Bly's poem, I would suggest to you that the third body represents the covenant between the man and the woman. And it could just as easily be a man and a man or a woman and a woman. The third body symbolizes the promises that they have made to one another, how they will be in that relationship, the covenant, those promises. That third body is present with them, but invisible to the naked eye. From last week, I invite you to remember that covenants are freely chosen commitments grounded in trust and love for one another and for the larger relationship. And covenant binds us to a purpose larger than ourselves. So on my finger, I have this ring. It's a simple sort of scuffed up and scratched ring. It symbolizes the promises, the commitments, the covenant that Juliana, my wife, and I made to each other over three years ago. And our son, Tucker, has uh, noticed we both wear rings and um, talks about them and picks at them and asks questions about them. And so I've developed this narrative with him to say, you know what this ring means? And he kind of waits for me. (laughs) And I say, it means I love mom. And then I say, it means I love Tucker. That's the easiest way to explain it to him. It's more than that, of course, but that he understands and can say back to us. The ring also means that I have made promises to care for and nurture the third body of our relationship, the body that is Juliana and Tucker, that larger entity. I don't nurture it perfectly, but I do make, we do make an effort to be deep listeners, to be honest, to compromise with one another. And I especially, and I think my wife as well, we do our best to remember, and I think this is the most important thing for all of us in any kind of relationship, we try to remember that it's not about me. <laughs> that a relationship is not about me. In fact, I think that uh, even if you're not in a relationship, this is so important to remember, and I invite you to just say this with me. It's not about me. That goes a long way in the opening of your heart, in the opening of your spirit, in the depth of your relationships. And on some level, that is the power and at the heart of covenant, of these sacred promises we make with one another. When we enter into that promise, we say on some level, this is not about me so much as it is about this third body, this thing we tend to together, something we are accountable to that is greater than ourselves. And yet, so often, I fall short, my wife falls short, we all fall short of those promises we've made in our relationships. And personally, I will sometimes speak in anger 
or I will, will not, or I will forget to clean up the bathroom after I promised <laughs> that I will do that, or I forget something important, or one of us does. And so when things feel out of balance, we will sit down with one another, and we will renew those promises. We will recovenant with one another. We will tend to the third body. And let me say, let me say that for those of you who are struggling in a relationship or a relationship that is coming to an end or looking at divorce as a possibility, some ending or breaking of a relationship, it is possible in those moments to still be in covenant. The covenant has changed, but you can promise to be respectful, to put children first, to listen as best you're able, to have compassion as much as you can. You can still be in covenant even when something changes or ends. On my finger, I have this ring. You have rings, or the equivalent of rings in your life, symbols of sacred promises you have made. And I ask you this morning, what promises in your life are in need of renewal? What promises in your life are in need of renewal? Over my shoulders, I have this stole. This was given to me by you, by the congregation, just over a year ago when I was ordained and installed in this sanctuary right in this spot. On that day, we formally entered into covenant with one another. And you said to me in that service, we charge you to celebrate celebrate the principles of our faith and to fulfill your ministry with love, courage, integrity, and wonder. You continued. Be with us in our grief and uncertainty. Rejoice with us during times of joy and grace. Preach from your heart of hearts. Listen to us. Care for us as you care for yourself. And then you concluded, we do pledge, and this is the covenantal language, we do pledge to walk with you in unity and peace and in the ways of all truth known or to be made known to us. And I responded, mindful of these great obligations, I freely and enthusiastically take up this ministry with your help and grace. We shall thrive. Then you put this stole on my shoulders. It was only four of you, but it was really the congregation. And it symbolized the sacred promises we made to one another that day. And since that moment, together, ministers and congregation, we have been tending to our relationship, to our third body. Together, we've experienced joy and wonder. And at times, we've disagreed with one another. In all cases, my commitment is to listen, to continue to walk with you as we become the church we are called to be. Ring and stole symbols of sacred promises. And then there are the words we say every Sunday, our congregational covenant, if you will. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. 
This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. As an entire community, when we say those words, we are making a sacred promise to love the larger body that we are a part of, to help that body thrive. We are trying to make the heartbeat of that body strong, to fill the lungs with oxygen, the belly with food, so that the body, the whole, can be vital. Like the third body that the ring points to and the stole points to, To be faithful to the third body of this community requires something of us. All covenants require something of us. And I want to spend a little bit of time here this morning talking about what it requires of us to be in covenant with one another, especially as we say those words each Sunday. To have a strong, healthy third body, we must grow. I believe we must grow in spirit. And this is why we have been exploring themes such as faith and prayer this year, and we have been digging deep into them. I know this has been challenging and maybe even frustrating for some of you. And I know also, for myself at times and for many of us, it is so often easier to say what we don't believe in than what we do. And so we have engaged these core religious themes as a congregation, and then in our sermon-based small groups, discovering that, oh my gosh, we do in fact have faith. Or that we can reclaim prayer or a spiritual practice in our lives that is authentic and meaningful. And when we do those things, when we discover we have a faith, we can pray or take up a spiritual practice, we strengthen our spiritual bodies. And when our individual bodies are strong and our hearts are open to one another and to truth unfolding around us, and we seek that truth in love, then the body of the whole, that third body, grows strong. Here's another dimension of that covenant, another thing required of us. You'll remember, some of you will remember, The very first sermon I ever preached here, the very first sermon of Candidating Week from this pulpit, I said something like this. I said, the danger of the church is that it can default into an insider's club, a members-only society, a place where the needs of those inside trump the rest of the needs. And so another thing that is required of us as we walk together in covenant, if we are to be faithful to that covenant, is to ask Who is this faith community for? I'm I'm asking you. Who is this faith community for? Everyone. Us. I'm sure there's more stuff stirring up in you. And that's right. Because intuitively, I think we know that. But the questions we have to ask again and again because the default is that slow slide into what works for us and it feels good for us and we forget there are larger needs in a larger world out there. The questions we must ask again and again is, is this faith community for the people who are already here? For those who have been here the longest, those who give the most time or money, who, we must ask again and again, is this faith community for? Our current mission statement speaks of being a welcoming spiritual community. So I think we know this deep down. 
speaks of being a welcoming spiritual community and that we are committed to sharing the universalist message of love and hope. And we're either serious about that or we're not. You can't be lukewarm when it comes to welcoming. Hey, welcome. (laughs) You know, welcome, but don't expect us to change much or really hope you feel very welcome, but welcome. There can be no lukewarm commitment to sharing the universalist message of love and hope. We're either serious about it or we're not. And I think we're serious about it. I think we believe deep down that anyone who wishes to walk with us in covenant is welcome here. And that we're willing to grow and change and be changed as that happens. And friends, as it turns out, there are a lot of people who want to walk with us in this inclusive faith. You'll remember last year at the 11 o'clock service, it was jammed, and our religious education was jammed. And so we shifted the service times to try to balance out and make room at both of those services and in our religious education classes. And it has worked in large part, but there are still others who wish to walk with us. And so we are creatively thinking about how to add more space for our children and youth. Another piece of being faithful to the covenant, of feeding that third body, is understanding that something that is required of us is service. We are invited to serve others, to put others' needs in front of our own at times. And as a quick aside, I really believe deeply that we serve best. We serve others. We serve injustice issues in the world. We serve best when we are grounded in some sort of spiritual discipline, when we are grounded in a practice, prayer or meditation or writing, something that grounds us in something bigger than ourselves. Because we will not solve the world's problems. We will meet defeat in many of these instances. And if we are not grounded in something deeper and more sustaining, we will burn out and burn out those around us. Service is important. 800 years ago, St. Francis of Assisi said, in giving, and I read this as in serving, we receive. And those of you who serve in this community confirm that. Those who serve on the board or as teachers or as small group leaders, you talk about the meaning and purpose and joy that it gives you and the reminder that it's not about you, that there's a larger body being fed by your service. I think of Jean who shared her testimonial and the way this church, the the group of folks who fold the liberal, gathered around her and were there for her. I think about Wade Johnson and Lyle and Corky, and as Wade lives in his final days, Corky's small group came to be with them, to clean the house, to be present to their needs, to help them. That is a spirit of service. We also serve the greater community. We have partnered, I can't list everything, but we've partnered with Habitat. We've served at shelters. We've collected hats and coats for those in need, and we give away the majority of our Sunday offering to organizations who share our values. Week after week, we commit ourselves to the great covenant. Week after week, we renew our promises to walk together, no matter how bumbling we might be. We promise to be vulnerable with one another, to share our deepest yearnings, and to seek the truth in love. We promise to help 
and to serve one another and this world. And in doing that, we witness to the world how the human family might be. We witness to the power of love and service. Our bodies become instruments of healing and grace and compassion. Rings, stoles, and the words we say on Sunday morning, those are all symbols that point to a third body. A third body we must tend to if we are to be faithful to our covenants. And here's what's true. Human beings are the promise-making, promise-breaking, promise-renewing creatures. We are the promise-making, promise-breaking, promise-renewing creatures. And if you have not made or broken or renewed a promise, I want to talk to you (laughs) to figure out how it is you've done that. Because as we walk this earth and as we enter into relationship and partnership with others and communities and the God of our understanding, we make promises and we break promises and we renew those promises. It's one of the reasons I believe we gather here Sunday after Sunday in this community because this space, this religious community helps us renew the promises and the covenants that we have failed to fulfill. This religious community helps us renew the sacred promises and covenants we've made with ourselves, with our partners, with our community, and with that larger source of life. So I ask you again, what sacred promises in your life must be renewed? What sacred promises in your life must be renewed. May they be renewed this day. Amen and amen and amen.